The Players Court is something like a cheat code for middle and high school players that want to one day play college basketball. Full of stuff that will make your parent, favorite uncle, or big cousin that should have made it say, man, I wish I would have known that when I was your age. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of The Player's Court with Joseph Harris. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, and our first three team-focused NBA pods, Cavaliers Central, Grizz and Grind, and Nuck if you buck. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots the NBA. Is it after your junior season and you don't have an offer from a college coach? Allie pulled off an offer after her senior season was over. She started late and still got an opportunity. See how she did it in this Players Court episode. All you student athletes out there, I want you to open your ears and eyes and pay close attention because I have a great treat for you today. I have someone that has been there, done that, and to shorten your learning curve to help you achieve your dream to play at the college level, um, I've invited her. She's graciously has is going to entertain you and I and all of us with this inside interview. And these inside interviews were created just as the word insight means to provide insight and clarity on what it is that needs to happen for a player to make the jump, the transition from high school to college. And a lot of times players need the clarity to be able to figure out what's the best way to go about becoming a college athlete, because it's not as easy as just calling the coach or just a coach flying in town and saying, I choose you and you're on my team. It's a lot more to it than that. It's a lot of moving parts and a lot of variables in there. And it's a lot to figure out, especially when it comes to just the future of what it is you're trying to do. So I want this interview to be a tool to shorten your learning curve for you. If you're I would say from seventh all the way up to a senior in high school, boys, girls, whatever, you should pay close attention to this. If you're looking for clarity, like how do I go about playing at the college level? And the tough part is that a lot of times you can't really go to mom and dad because mom and dad may not know. So you ask mom, hey, I want to go play college. And mom, with the purest of heart, the purest of interest, I don't know. Let me Google it. You know, dad may say, yeah, I know a little bit, but I'm not really sure. You know, let me ask somebody. And everybody ask around, ask around, ask around. So I'm here and this wonderful guest today is here to cut all of that work out to where you don't have to worry about asking your mom. I mean, you can, of course, ask your mom if you want to, but your mom can ask her because she's been there and done that. And, and we want to make sure we provide that, that insight for you. Even if you're one of those that student athletes that have a parent that means well, but just can't answer that question for you. And with that being said, some try to go it alone. You try to like a 
because I've been contacted directly by just the just the player. The player will say, "Well, how do I go about doing it? You know, what do I need to do?" And they, it's a family process, as Ali will touch on a little bit, a little bit later. I suppose you guess, but it's not something you can do alone. It's not you. You can't really watch videos and YouTube videos and scour the internet for it. You can, but it's 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 a lot of trial and error, and you hit your head a, a lot, a lot, and a lot. And you don't want to do that. You want to fine tune the process and use somebody else's insight to speed up and become more productive of what it is you're doing. And if you're watching this then in the back of your mind, you're thinking, you know, I wouldn't mind playing college basketball. I kind of want to do it. How do I go about it? What's the next step? So the the guest that we have today that I'm super excited about talking to and her sharing all of her gems and wisdom is living the college pooper life. She's living that life. That's what she's doing. And there's no better person for you players out there to listen to than her. Because, you know, a coach may say something, a trainer may say something, and the coach and trainer may have done that before, but they're not doing it now. That's what's important. You need to hear from a person that's living and breathing it right now, this second, that if you were to contact them, they can tell you what's happening right now, this second. Even though a lot of things don't change, some things don't change, but some things do. And I just thought of something that I want to ask her. I just thought of something. But anyway, um, her name is Allie, and I have had the personal privilege of training her myself for some time. And her work ethic is far and none. It's boys, girls, doesn't matter. If you tear out her work ethic, figure out a way to clone it, the world will be a better place. Because she doesn't really have a quit in her. And I've witnessed that myself. And um, she is a sophomore. I had to stop because I want to keep going, brag on her. But it's just she's come so far before and after is incredible with her. So anyway, so she uh, plays basketball for the University of Dallas. She's currently a sophomore. As of right now, today, she's a sophomore. And she... It's a dual major in physics and engineering. And I'm going to probably ask her more about what physics is for for the people that don't know, like me. And uh, uh, she has a, a favorite WNBA player is Brianna Stewart. That's a very good pick. She's, uh, she was killing it and still is. And she's definitely a very good player. I think she is. If I can locate it, I'm going to locate and put it in this, in this uh, video series, video of her dunking. I think she dunked the ball. So, yeah. So, Brianna Stewart, great pick for that. And if she can have a superpower, any out of all the superpowers, so she's like, it makes sense that she would pick this because she's in the physics and she's a smart person. So, it's only right that she would pick to read minds as her superpower. So, if she can pick a superpower, she would be reading my mind and your mind through the computer's brain computer screen right now so she's like professor x but mrs professor x so that's the superpower that she will have so that's a little bit about ali i'm looking forward to this get your pens and papers out take notes and soak in all of the knowledge that she's about to share with you and this uh now from now on the question is going to be not directed to you out there 
listening and watching, however you're consuming this, I want to make sure that you uh, tune in and pay close attention because she's going to help you shorten your learning curve. So, Allie, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. All right. I'm ready, too. All right. So the first question is, you know what? No, I'm going back. I'm going back because I want I want to ask about before we get started. Tell us about like what is physics? So like in layman's terms. So if someone is like, well, tell me about physics. Like, like what is the what is it like to be in a physics class? Is it math? Is it what is it? It's um it's calculus trend like translated to word problems. So these long word problems like Say you're trying to find the velocity of a car going down this certain place at this elevation. It's like kind of like micromanaging things. Oh, okay. So physics, that has a lot. That's why since you're um, interested in, uh, we were talking kind of off air, everybody. So she she's interested in space and all that type of stuff. So, so physics is, has to do with like, if, that's how you know if how you can predict where the spaceship will land or something like that. Physics will help you do that. Okay, so you like math then? We have a good relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so not necessarily you like it, but you know you're on decent terms. Decent terms. We're on speaking terms at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on speaking terms. Okay. All right. All right. So, all right. So now I'll go to the first question. I just, I had to ask that. Okay. That was more so for me. Sorry, guys. That was more for me. So, um, okay. First question. What's the memorable moment from when you first made contact with the college coach that you currently play for? So this is kind of a funny story. So um, my first contact, like in person with her, I was going to Dallas. However... I couldn't meet her that day because she had food poisoning. So I got to meet all the girls and we got to talk. And I learned a lot about basketball and the curriculum. And it was a good day. And I ended up actually signing for UD before I ever met the coach. Oh, okay. So, so what? Okay. So since you had, you didn't. Okay. So she got food. Do you know how she got food poisoning? Did she ever tell you? Yeah. Chipotle. Chipotle. Uh oh. Okay. So. Whatever that ingredient was, you want to leave that alone. So now I do want to ask this. Do you, what was it about who you met that made you say, I like this, even before you spoke to the head coach? Well, um, when I first got there, I got a tour of the entire school and I really loved the atmosphere. It's kind of like a free, their whole motto was free thinking. And I love that. Mm. Um, when I met the girls, I met, she was going to be a senior the year that I came her name is Gracie. Love her. And she was just so serious about everything. She was talking to me how the basketball usually goes and how passionate she was about it. And that old man. Okay. So it was a, an upperclassman that met with you. Mm -hmm. mm, okay. So for you players out there, just keep that in mind that it won't always be the, the head coach that speaks to you. And besides, it's the players that you're going to be playing with anyway. So, um, you're in when the players start talking to you, so that's good. Okay, cool, cool. Do, do you guys did was there anything that 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 seniors share with you that still sticks with you in terms of playing college basketball? 
I mean, just um, having the experience that everyone is on equal like, terms. Like in high school, if someone was a senior and someone was a freshman, you didn't really talk. You guys weren't really friends. I mean, you all were kind of like on speaking terms, only in basketball. But our seniors, like I have a best friend who's a junior. She was an upperclassman. Um, I was really good friends with the other, like seniors. It was such a welcoming. It was like a family type of environment. Ah, and that's what sold you on. Yes. Okay. And just to add to what Ali said, it's not just basketball. It's like, it's really, you're more than just up there hooping, like, oh, I'm just up here to get buckets. You know, it's a lot more than that. It's, it's something that, and I imagine that Ali's going to be friends with her for many, many years to come. So just that's why you have to be careful with the, the school that you pick. Understand that it's not just about how often am I going to play or can I play or it's, it, it's, it's like you're making a decision that's going to last for a lifetime. So make sure the entire environment, Allie just, she rattled off three things that she liked in terms of the family environment. Uh, we are free thinking school and just, and she didn't even mention basketball. So it's like you have to pick the school that's the right fit for you, not just because of basketball. Basketball should just be one piece of the pie. So that's uh, fantastic, Alex. Okay. So the next question is, tell us about your first day at practice as you make that face. <laughs> okay. Whew. Okay. So the first day of practice, it was on a Saturday and it was a two-a-day. So I'd go during the morning and then we would go again in the afternoon. <sighs> Word of warning, if your coach, if you're signed on, sends you a workout, do everything on that workout because they will not take it easy on you right when we got in it was running 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 we barely even touched the ball that entire two times of practice it was a lot of drills and conditioning mm. so when you so this is your first day your freshman you're excited you're coming <laughs> in and you're like all right we're gonna play some basketball and then you don't even touch a basketball no <laughs> it was running <laughs> Wow, and you and you're thinking, oh, I'm not on the track team, but you're just there. You are. You're running. You are now. <laughs> wow, two a days. Your first practice was two a days. Wow, yeah, quite the kick in the butt. <laughs> it's like welcome to college, straight to it. Wow. Now, did that senior mention that to you before you before you agreed that you had signed and everything? Did they tell you? Did they give you a warning or no? They um. They mentioned that I'm going to have to work hard, yes, but um, they didn't mention how hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And what, what, oh, you know what? I should ask what that workout that they gave you, what, what are some things they, that they wanted you to do like, on that workout? On the workout. Okay. So <clears throat> she kind of expects like one to two hours every day and maybe like a break on Sundays. And for half that, like half of the workout, she wants you to be in the gym, weightlifting. For post specifically, she wants strength in the legs and the arms. For guards, however, she wants you to maintain that strength. She wants you to build up your core muscles. She wants you to have more cardio, stuff like that. Okay. Okay. Could you tell that first day, could you tell who had done that and who hadn't? 
Yes, I could tell who had worked that summer and who didn't work that summer. And so could the coach. <laughs> <laughs> she knew exactly who did the work. Mm. Now, see, that that actually is a great segue into the, to the next question, which is, as in you kind of already touched on it, but maybe another point you want to bring up. But tell all the student athletes out there that are 8th, ninth, 10th grade, what's the major difference between your college and high school practices? Rain or shine, you will have practice. You have to push to the pinch. Our coach doesn't really have an excuses. Like, she doesn't have an excuse limit. There's no excuses. High school, however, I could text my coach. I'd be like, hey, I can't come. I have to do something or whatever. If I took, if I texted my coach that now in college, she'd be like, doing what? What? Unimportant. Come to practice. Mm. So they don't want to hear any of that excuse mm-hmm. about, I'm not feeling too well or something like that. Mm-mm. If you don't have a fever and if you aren't dying, you can come to practice. And that's a big change. That's a that's a big difference. And I, I think that that's one of the major culture shocks, I'll say, for players when they come and they think everything is lax and everything. And it's not like that at all. It's not like that at all. And and I want to mention real quick, just just to touch on it because I don't want to take too much time away from Allie, but to say that if University of Dallas, the things that she's talking about, it's a D3 school, and you have D1, D2, D3, no particular order, but D1, 2, 3, junior college, and NAIA. Out of all five different versions of college basketball, they all are the same way. For those of you that are thinking, oh, D3, forget that right now because two-a-days is no joke. And any college school, any college program feel like they're the best. They're all Duke in their own head. In their mind, we're Duke. We're the best team in the program. We're the best team in the country. That's the way all of them think. And they all are, just like she said, no excuses. You better have your butter practice. I don't want to hear about your sore, so what, bring your tail. And it's, those are the expectations in college, period. To make it to college and play college basketball is special. It's a big deal. It doesn't matter what level. And um, so let me ask you this, Alan. From the school that you graduated from in high school, right, because I, I want to give the players out there an idea of how rare it is to play college basketball compared to all of the other players on your team. So from your school, I want you to include, let's say four years, from your freshman year playing basketball, your sophomore year, your junior year, your senior year. Out of four years, four full basketball seasons, how many girls has made and played that's currently on the college basketball roster at any level in the United States of America? How many? That would be one. And it's me. <laughs> there you have it. It's no joke to play college basketball. So I just want you to get an understanding that the difference between high school and college is leaps and bounds. Like, it's just it's so ridiculous. So I just want everyone to understand 
Don't get caught up in the, the level of college. To get into college is a very big deal, and it's not easy. Matter of fact, towards the end of this interview, she's going to touch on how she was able to do it because she actually started late. But I won't get into that now, but she started late and still was able to pull it off. And just keep that in mind. Do not get caught up in levels, okay? Don't get caught up in levels. All of it is always hard. You can go somewhere and it'll be a, a girl or a guy that played non-D1 that will destroy you on the basketball court, that you cannot shoot better than them. You can't dribble better than them. They are jumping out of the gym for the boys. The girls, they're super fast. So anyway, just keep that in mind that it's rare. We're talking about a large school. It's not like she's in a the, in the school with five people in it. This is, she goes to a pretty big private school, pretty big. And they, four years, not one person to go any college anywhere? That's crazy. So just think about that as I transition to the next question. I had to bring that up, Allie. I had to bring that up <laughs> for any player or mom or dad that's thinking, oh, University of Dallas, they Google it. Where's that? Where's University of Dallas? Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Huh? Oh, that's D3. And they frown up. Thinking that that's not a big deal when it is. If you get contacted by D3 coach, you better be glad. You better be glad. So anyway, let me uh, move on before I turn up too much because <laughs> because I'm passionate about that because you don't want to miss an opportunity. So anyway, uh, during basketball season, what is it like to balance practice, classes, and your social life? It's a little bit easier when basketball season not in, but during basketball season, tell us about that, that balance in that. All right. So as far as um, classes go with the basketball schedule, we have mandatory study halls. They're three hours each and we have two during the weeks, which have saved my life. Not going to lie. And the personally, the way I handle everything is I have a whiteboard schedule that I put right next to my bed and I look at it every day. And I'm like, OK, so I have to do these things today. And I have little check bar, check check boxes in my head, and really, it's just kind of like micromanaging your schedule, and making sure like you're doing this, like you're like you're staying on top of things. Your life, however, is going to be limited, very limited. Um, my social life consists of basketball players. Just <laughs> <laughs> your just your teammates. Yeah, just my teammates and people I meet in class. But I was fortunate enough to meet some friends in class, especially people that connected with the basketball girls. So, so what about other other student athletes? Do you connect with any of them, or no? Yes, we do. Um, the volleyball girls we like to talk to. Um, we actually play volleyball intramurals with them, like when season is out. <laughs> Well, play volleyball coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us more. Tell the players out there a little bit about how study hall works. You said it's two times a week, three hours. What, what kind of what happens in it? Do, do they make you focus on a particular thing, or they just kind of let you just do your own thing? Is there a tutor in there? Well, so um, the captains, they'll usually rent out a room or go find a lecture hall usually. And we'll all come in and we'll sit there and like we'll kind of space out. So we're not tempted to really like talk to each other a lot. Uh, and 
I got work. We'll kind of go back and forth. We'll go work for like an hour, then we'll talk for like 30 minutes at work. And usually we'll even go over three hours because um, for my school specifically, the academic program is very rigorous and we all need to get our work done because our coach expects a lot out of us. And as tutors go, the older classmen or people who are in the same subjects will usually help each other out. If you just, all you have to really do is ask for help. We're all very friendly. So are there any um, engineering majors, like physics and engineering majors? Any, or are you the only brave soul that's doing that? I'm the only one in physics. I'm actually one of eight people going for a physics major. That's a special and, and, and unique. Wow. Okay, so what about, so no, like, parties or anything, you know, nothing like that during the season, or do you guys just skip that altogether? Well, okay, so party happens probably one every Friday or Saturday, but that's just my school. However, we yeah. usually get invited to one, like, it'll be like a sports theme party, and so we're all just come and be like, hey, we're the basketball girls, and try to meet and talk to other people. It just really depends on who's there and who actually wants to go have some fun times. Like, if you just need to get away, it's really nice. Okay. Okay. And when – tell us – tell them about – more about that because are you naturally organized or are you a little bit unorganized? I am naturally a mess. A huge okay. A hot mess. <laughs> so so, so does, does your whiteboard help? Indeed. I would suggest investing in a whiteboard, a planner, anything to keep yourself on track. Hmm. Okay. So you think you uh, might be a little late to practice or something or something would go awry if you didn't have that like system in place? I have forgotten my shoes before because I did not plan correctly. It's, I didn't even notice until later. I was like, oh, look at that. I'm shoeless. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my friend had to point it out to me. I was like, "Oh, you know what? Shh, shh. We don't. We don't need to mention it." <laughs> wow! It's <laughs> well. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed because I had a. Uh, there, I've seen players forget shoes in the bag, which is actually here's the thing. That's a, that's funny about that is that when you're and uh, Ali, I want you to. Uh, uh, your opinion on this. What is it like to not have mom or dad or teacher to kind of remind you of doing stuff? Because I think that's like a big adjustment for players when you go and then throughout the hallway, because you're in class and see the hallway and, and, and it's like it's control where in college is more freedom and you can kind of do what you want to do and you've got to kind of put a structure around all the limitless things that you can do and distractions. So tell us, tell, tell us about making that transition of not having mom or dad poking you in the back of the head to do certain things or your coach or like to have more freedom. How did you deal with that? Well, it was a little bit of both relieving and kind of stressing because <laughs> my mom would usually be like, Hey, I don't forget to do this. I'll be like, okay, well, I'll get to it. However, now it's me trying to remind myself and putting 50,000 alarms on my phone saying, hey, don't forget this. <laughs> so I have become the role of my mom. Oh, 
So you so that's one of your tricks to like do a lot of alarms to kind of remind yourself. Yeah, my schedule it looks a lot like hey, don't forget this and this and this and this and this and this. Also the paper. Wow. So that that takes us so time management. You think that's important? Indeed. Yes. Super important. Any tips for the players out there on time management? I would say schedule your classes together and in the mornings. So that afternoon, you can work on basketball and you can get your homework out of the way and then you'll have rest time right before you get in your bed. Okay. All right. Well, I can spend a lot more time on this, but I, I want to, uh, I'll go to the next question, but just everybody understand there's so much to take from that. But just remember, if you're one of those unorganized people, it's okay. You just find you a system to become unorganized, to be uh, have more structure and kind of create your own structure. And it's okay to do that. Like it doesn't make you less of a student or less of a player. If you see another person that looks like they have their life together and oh my God, they look so organized. They're probably as crazy as you are and they just have a better system to help them stay on track. So just keep that in mind. Okay. So we're going to the next question, which is like uh, just thinking in comparison to your high school coach and your college coach. What do your coaches expect from you now? They expect a lot of hard work from you, like to push the pain. They expect you to be there at every practice, like I said earlier. And they also expect a good attitude, like a I want to be this, I want to keep going attitude. Ah, okay. So what? any stories about when someone didn't comply with that? Like maybe they didn't have a good attitude, that anything that may have happened. You don't have to say any names, but just... Anything you want to share about what happens if if a player doesn't do what's expected, what happens? Well, okay, so we um, we were on a away game, and one of our players, she was playing, and the ref kept calling, kind of fear follower, but, you know, we had to work through it. It's basketball. happens all the time. Mm-hmm. However, she started kind of getting a little frisky, started talking back a little bit. Then my coach got on her, and she talked back to the coach. And she sat down the rest of the game. Like, she did not get to see that court again. Mm. She didn't play anymore at all? No. How did, the, how did the player handle that? Like, after she said, sit down, that's it. Um, she um kind of mad about it, but then she kind of understood, like, hey, that's not my place to talk back to a coach. Mm. I remember my mom coming up to me and being like, Allie, if you ever talk back to the coach, I will personally come down and I will smack you. Okay, mom. I will never. Well, Allie, she's getting a double dose. She get it from the coach and and mom. (laughs) Well, so just to add to that, just I want you players out there to understand that. Okay. Oh, you know what? Let me ask you this, Allie. So, was there a big drop off? Whoever came in for that girl that could that didn't play, was there a big drop off, or it was like? They did they really miss her on the court or no? Mm-hmm. Since everyone is about the same skill level, like in D three, D one, D two, you have to be astronomically amazing, or you're else just like us and you're replaceable. The only difference is really your attitude and your work ethic. Well, okay, well, uh, there you have it. So she's living it. I, I can't really add much to that except just to piggyback off of it really to say that that if you don't do what the coach is expected of you it's on to the next player 
in high school, it's or junior high is even worse. Like junior high, like if you're tall, you can get away with all kind of crazy stuff. Like get away with murder, bad attitude, jogging in practice, and you just get away with it, right? So, did something you wanted to say to that? Have you wanted to add to that or something? Because I, I saw, I saw, I saw that face. There's another instance in a practice. Actually, it was a different person, and she was one of our better players. She was a leader on the team. You know, mm-hmm. someone you wouldn't expect this from. Like, well, I mean, if you did, you wouldn't really notice it. You'd be like, oh yeah, well, she can do that. No, she can't. She got kicked out of that practice. Oh, thank you for adding that. Oh my God. Thank you for adding that because that's what I was just, I was just alluding to that. Thank you so much. That's why this is so awesome. This is so great for you players out there. If you're tall for your age right now and you're one of those that you, you know, you're kind of jogging a little bit. You're not really going that hard. You kind of take it for granted that you're tall or you take it for granted that you're fast or quick or that you can do whatever it is that you do that stands out. Whatever that thing is. Every level you go up, more and more people can do whatever that thing is. So if you go from eighth grade to ninth grade, now it's more people that can dribble, more people that can shoot, more people that can do a left-hand layup, right? There's more people that are your height. They can jump as high as you, run as fast as you. And every level that everybody is playing are closer. Every level you get, more and more people are comparable to you. And then what separates you is if you do what the coach expects of you or not. And that's a great story. So in college, even D3, for all you D3 eye rollers out there, even at D3, JUCO, NAIA, D1, D2, whatever, cover your eyes, throw a pin against the wall, and land on a college campus that has a basketball program. And you're going to see that being tall is not enough. Get out. Because there's another girl that's pretty close to you that the coach doesn't have to deal with you jogging or not working hard or missing study hall or whatever it is, you're replaceable. And in junior high, you get away with murder, you do all this other stuff. And the coach, if the coach stands on the principle, the coach just say, oh, no. I don't care if I lose. I'm going to teach you this lesson. But some coaches say, all right, that's fine. Okay, well, you, I'll give you two points on this grade. That's fine. And then you go up to high school, get away with a little bit more. But when you get to college, that's over. With. That's over. That's over. And, Allie, when you said earlier, like, if, you, if, if it's like a girl that's phenomenally better, if she's the difference, it's another school somewhere. It's another basketball program that has five of them. Five of those phenomenal girls, and it's a roster full of them. As a matter of fact, I'll use, since you brought up Brianna Stewart, um, the coach for UConn has a story about, they, he called her Stewie. That was like her name uh, at UConn amongst the players. Stewie. They called her Stewie. And he was talking about when Stewie first came there, Brianna Stewart came to the school, came to UConn, filling the title. I'm, Brianna Stewart. I got hype. I got game. I can hoop. I'm nice. And she was doing a little bit of pouting, a little bit of feeling sorry for herself and all of that, all of that. And she, the coach, and of course, this is UConn. This is UConn women. These are some of the best 
women basketball players in the country. Like the all of these girls are like six three and up type vibe. So like I said, uh, like I may have mentioned before, Brianna she was able to dunk the ball. So this girl is a great athlete, great player, and he benched her. And she ended up. I think I think she went to yeah she's like she went to the WNBA. So she's like one of the best female players on the in the world. And the UConn coach benched her. So about the whole phenomenally talented, eventually you're going to be on a roster that it's going to be other phenomenally talented players too. There's going to be other tall girls, other tall guys, other guys that can jump like you, run like you, score like you, all of the above like you. And then the difference is your intangibles, your work ethic, like Ali mentioned. And I just, I had to add to that, especially it was, Perfect storm that, that Brianna Stewart is one of her, her favorite players because this that story she fit into that like an alley school that tall girl got kicked out of practice get out and Brianna Stewart all American all everything WNBA you're not getting the game anymore come over here sit down but I'm Brianna so sit down what does that mean to me. So that's something that I want all of you to understand that it doesn't matter if you think that you're the coldest right now. It's always somewhere comparable out there. Eventually, you're going to get matched up with somebody comparable. And then what separates you is hard work. Uh, if you're listening, if you're following directions and what if you do what the coach expects of you. So thank you so much for bringing it up, Ali, about the tall girl. For all you tall players out there that think you get a pass. You don't get a pass. You get a pass for the time being, but eventually it's going to be other players that are similar in height and size to you. And when you when your height doesn't matter as much anymore, what else you got? So I'm going to move on to the next question. And, okay, speaking of tall and being kicked out and stuff like that, in your opinion, how do you think college coaches handle playing time? They give it to whoever deserves it. And so, well, I have a story about that one, actually. Um, since everyone's technically on equal playing field in the college level, everyone's looked at the same. Like, if you're a senior, it doesn't matter. If It just depends on your skill, your attitude, your work ethic, everything. And so I came in as a freshman, and I had told myself that I was going to work harder than every one of these girls, and that was my goal for the year. And I ended up beating out the starter who um, originally had the spot, and so I took her place because I worked harder and I got more playing time now. So, and you did that by just working harder? Yes. Hmm. So what, what does working harder look like? Does it like, like you run harder? Do you lift weights harder? Do you sprint harder? What does that mean? Uh, we did suicides quite religiously in practice. Still part of conditioning even throughout the seasons. And so... It wasn't enough just to make the time. No, I wanted to be at the front of the lines. That was my goal, to be at the forefront of everything. Like, I want to be the one sprinting back first. I want to be the best on defense today. I want to be the one in front. See, that's what that, that alley, that alley tenacity, man, that's something that, you know, and I'm sure that coach would love to clone that and put that heart and that desire in the taller girl. I don't know who she is, of course, but like, or the faster girl or the one that has more physical gifts than you or whatever. So it's like, 
playing time is something that is not given out. Um, and I always like to ask this. You remember back in the YMCA and uh, maybe like the little, 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 like the little basketball leagues where they, everyone, okay, everyone, we're going to play. All right, everyone's going to play. Okay, five minutes for team A, five minutes for team B. We're going to rotate five in, five out. Okay, have you ever seen that on your team or a team that you guys play? No, that will never happen. <laughs> well, there you have it, player. Okay, this is what you got to get ready for. You got to get ready to earn every second, every second, every second, because there's an alley waiting to take your spot. That's going to be a, a newcomer coming in, and she's hungry, and she's <laughs> she ready to eat everything, eat everybody in sight. Until she gets your position. So for the fellas out there, there's somebody that wants you to miss practice. That wants you to get that 69 instead of that 70 and miss miss three games. They want that. And it's even worse at the college level because everyone's so comparable. When you if everyone is six six, being six six isn't a big deal. <laughs> if everybody can shoot the three, shooting the three isn't this big deal anymore. So just understand that that they're not handing out playing time. They're not doing five in, five out. That's over with. And it's something that it's not equal at all, but it's fair. So you have to earn it and go about like doing what Allie did. She came in. She worked hard. I want to be I'm sprinting to the front. Da, 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 da. And she's getting fired up. Like that's what the coaches love that. They love that, especially because it's hard to teach. Well, it's impossible to teach, really. You kind of either have it or don't. So – Anyway, if all you players out there, keep that in mind. Playing time is not because of your, your your relation to the coach or how big the school is or anything other than your production. So keep that in mind for those that aspire to play at the college level. Get that mindset right now, the way Ali has that mindset. Get that right now. I have to earn every tick on that clock while I'm on the floor which is actually a great segue to the um, to the next question in terms of the right mentality. Okay, so if you had a time machine, what would you tell your ninth or 10th grade self? Well, I would go back in time and I would smack my head. I'd say, hey, get together. <laughs> time, my thought process on college playing was that I was going to play as a pitcher and in some college Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> so, you know, okay, so what made you kind of pivot to basketball? Because you were a, a good, you had a very good arm in softball too. So what made you, was it you had you had more passion? Because you did have a really good arm in softball. As a matter of fact, you were doing softball lessons and everything. So was it the passion that made you switch between softball and basketball what made you kind of pivot to basketball well um softball i realized i loved my team more than i loved the sport and basketball i realized how much i was in love with the sport itself like i just love dribbling a ball i love i love crashing into people <laughs> <laughs> definitely true definitely true <laughs> i love being indoors for one thing okay I, I just loved everything about the sport and I just had a much bigger passion for it. So do you think that, let's say that you went with softball 
and you had two a days and all of these high expectations. Do you think you could have pushed through that even though you didn't really love it? I think I could have, honestly. Because in my opinion, if you're playing college sport, you're playing a college sport and this is your job. Ah, very good. Okay. Yeah, it is kind of like a job. You know, it's, it, it's full of time. It's a lot of expectations. And um, I know like a moment ago when you had mentioned that you would tell your, your 10th grade self to kind of ninth, 10th grade, 10th grade self to get it together. Um, how, how would you like, what else would you tell your ninth, 10th grade self? You say kind of get it together. Okay. So what does that look like? What, what does getting it together look like? Uh, I set myself down say, quit talking for one thing. You're going to say some things you're going to regret in the future. And then I have to deal with. So, shh. <laughs> oh. Um, okay. I'm, Something along the lines of start working on your skill set for basketball. Basketball is what's important. Okay, so I just want to add to that, just seeing that that basketball is absolutely a skill sport, no question about it, because we just talked about it. You know, even Brianna Stewart is can't escape from it. Being tall or fast or athletic, or whatever, it's not enough. You have to eventually be able to shoot, pass, dribble, these skills. So for you players out there, if it could be your, your 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 favorite auntie, it could be your cousin, it could be your uncle, whoever. You get in the gym and start practicing. Okay, um, get work on your skill because that's gonna be the separator for you and your opportunity onto the floor. So let me ask you this: I, I just thought about something, Allie. So when what's the skill that you're glad that you developed before you? Well, um, thanks to you, I learned how to handle a ball well, which um, since I had kind of a small team and I was on the taller side of the team, I was more of a four and less of a three like I thought I would be. And so I had to worry about dribbling a ball inside the paint, keeping it away from bigger hands, larger arms. And so I had the ability to do that with Joseph's teaching, which is <laughs> oh, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. But again, uh, the best trainer can't do it without a player having the desire to do it. So the fact that you want to do it, that's that's why you are where you are. And we're going to touch on touch touch on that in a little bit. But if you, that's actually another great point. If you are a post player now, more than likely on the girls' side, unless you're five nine. And up, you're probably not going to be a post player on the girl side. Would you agree with that? I would definitely. For okay. Colleges with larger teams, I know for a fact you're going to be a guard if you're not five eight or five nine and above. Okay. And on the boys side, I'm thinking if, if you got to be about six eight, six nine to even consider being a post player. So those of you that have aspirations to play at the college level. It doesn't matter what level. I mean, it doesn't matter what version of college basketball you go to. D3, 2, 1, NAIA, JUCO, I'm going to say it a thousand times <laughs> because you have to understand that it's the same thing. So if you have aspirations to play at the college level, it doesn't matter where or what school. If you if you if you go to the doctor and they say, oh, you're probably only going to be six foot, get your ball handling together, get your shot together now. And as Allie 
came back, hit her, hit her, old, her young self, younger self in the head. Hey, get it together. Start now on that working on your skills because like if, if you're playing post for your school, you got to play that for your school. But in the off season, you have to work on your skills and do what you need to do on your current team. But make sure that you are working on the skill that you're going to need later. You know, that's, that's why uh, Allie and I, we worked on her ball handling dribbling because I knew that eventually she was not going to play post. I knew that. So fortunately, she put the work in and the rest of history. But for those of you watching, okay, just imagine right now that Allie's in your ear. The older version of yourself is in your ear whispering. Joseph, he's, we all whispering to you. Hey, start working on your skills right now. Okay, because um, I don't know if we touched on it, but no, I, I'll ask that later. But you want to make sure that all you players out there work on your skills and get serious because it'll be there before you before you know it. Um, so let me ask you this, Alex, from your perspective, right? Did high school go slowly or kind of quick? Hmm. Well, now that I think about it, now it went really fast. Like it's a blur. No. However, when I was in school, it felt like it took roughly 50 years. <laughs> ah, well, at least you're being honest. I, that's, I appreciate that. So for you players, it's okay if you feel like it's taking forever. That's okay. But understand that before you know it, you will be a junior or a senior, and you're going to wish that you had worked harder earlier. So... If, if your mom and dad is telling you about it, you know, listen to Allie. Don't worry about me. She's doing it right now. And she is walking in the world that you want to walk in. So I, I would definitely listen because, heck, she ended up going to that school based off of a player. Like a, the players talked to her and she was like, yeah, I like it here. You know? So anyway, just uh, I'm going to transition to the next question, but just keep those points in mind. All right. Everybody listening, however you consuming this. All right. So now here's my random question. Okay. Um, just to kind of set the background for everybody. Allie was very good in softball. She's a pitcher. She had like a cannon arm. And it was what was it like uh like at the end of your junior year when you decided to say, all right, I want to play college basketball, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's when I really thought I was serious about it. Okay. Now, that's late, guys. Okay. All of you watching this, that's very late. Now, she's a success story, which is why I invited her to do this entire interview. For those of you that, let's say you're a junior now and you feel like, oh, my God, it's over. She started um, after, like, towards the end of her junior basketball season. So, basically, that's one off season to work a miracle. <laughs> that's what that basically is. And my question for you, Allie, is how the heck did you do it? <laughs> how did you decide so late and still pull off playing in college? How did you do it? Well, it was never giving up. It was um, a lot of working on my skills. I took that summer and I decided to work as hard as I can on all of my skills, on all of basketball. And yes, I got what little film I could from junior year, but I started actually filming, getting film together my, the beginning of my senior year. And that's what I sent out to 
all the D3 colleges. I had a list actually of all the D3 colleges in Texas and the states surrounding it. I sent email after email after email, a lot of groundwork too. I went to a lot of college campuses. I was interviewed with a lot of, of the coaches. I had to personally seek out these coaches too. And also, as a side note, as a, what I would tell my ninth or 10th self would be to start filming early. They want to see that progression. Okay, so so coaches like seeing your body at work as you get better? Mm-hmm. Okay. And they also like seeing like full games. Full games. Yeah. So why not, why not the highlights? Why not just send them the highlights? Well, uh, they want to see you during the highlights and after. If you can continuously run up and down that entire game. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense because if it's, you know, highlights, that's just the best part. But the coaches are looking to see what you do when you miss a shot or if you're hustling or if you're, if you have good eye contact with, if you're, well, they can't see eye contact, but if you're, if you're looking away when the coach is talking and all that type of stuff. So, okay, that makes sense. Um, so you sent a bunch of emails. You were real proactive. That, that was kind of what you did. So many. Um, and don't be discouraged. Um, I got my emails later. I had to wait a couple of weeks for some, but some I had to resend some emails. <clears throat> You're kind of at the back of someone's mind if you're coming in that late. So you have to say, hey, I'm here. This is me. You want to look into me. Mm. I want to tell, just to add to what Ali mentioned, you can't sit and wait, okay? Since she brought up Brianna Taylor, Stewart, I'm sorry, Brianna Stewart, she could kind of wait because she's, I don't even know how tall, I think she's my, she's definitely like on some 6'5 or something, 6'5, 6'6 or something, at least. 6'4? Six, four. Six, four? Yeah. So if you're a girl, if you're a girl and you're 6'4 <laughs> in the eighth grade, you might be able to sit back and they'll come knocking if you got a decent amount of skills. If you're decent and you're 6'4 as a girl, that's fine. You might be able to sit back and wait. Or if you're averaging 25 points, 12 rebounds, three blocks at the varsity level, okay, then you might be able to sit back and, all right, I'll wait for Coach K to contact me. Yeah. I'll wait for uh, UConn to contact me. Or Connecticut, Kentucky. I'll wait for these teams to contact. If you are putting up gaudy numbers, like, like I said, like 25, 12, 5, averaging that at the varsity level, you might be able to sit back maybe if you're in the right school or something like that. Or if you are a eighth, ninth grader, that boy dunking with two hands, six, five, Eighth grade, dunking with two hands, shooting the NBA threes, something like that. Then you can sit back and wait. But every for everybody else, you got to be proactive, like Allie did. So Allie, let me ask you this: Do you think that you would be playing college basketball now if you didn't get off your butt and start contacting coaches? No, I barely got these two in. Um, I had an offer from New York, New Orleans, or Dallas, and I barely got that in. I actually got them in April of my senior year. Ooh. Really late. <laughs> wow, that is late. 
Yeah, see, and, and for those players and parents, if you're watching, that's late because these college coaches start, they may not make an offer, but they start earmarking players, eighth grade, ninth grade, like we're going to watch them. That's why Rally had mentioned they watch your body of work, like as you continue to progress. Because if you plateau, they may kind of stop looking at you. But if you keep getting better, they're like, oh, okay, we like this kid. So over time, they watch you from like eighth, ninth grade all the way up and finally make a decision to make an offer your junior year. That's about how it goes. Uh, they, they make you an offer junior year, but she kind of flipped it over on her head. And since she was behind, she had to really get on those emails. So if you're a junior or a senior, you have to reach out to these coaches. You cannot sit and wait. You cannot wait. And she uh, had two opportunities. So what what made you go with University of Dallas in comparison to the other school? It was just closer. That was my main goal. But if I had to, I would have gone to New Orleans. You can't be afraid to go anywhere. Like, that's why I said all schools in Texas and the surrounding states, too. I probably would have gone as far as New York City if I could play there. Wow. I love that. Listen to this. I just, I mean, I feel like. I'm like I'm beating a dead horse, but for you players out there, please listen to this. Listen, this is a player that's 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 doing what it is that you're trying to obtain. And you have to be open-minded to playing anywhere. Whatever, whoever's paying, that's the way I like to say. So it's like whoever gives you an opportunity, that's where you need to go. If you have a closed mind and you're thinking, oh, I'm not going unless it's such and such, fill in the blank. Or it, it only has to be a D2 school. I'm only accepting a D1 offer, D2. I only want a D3. I only want a JUCO. I only, whatever it is. I only want anything. You take all your options in and consider your options. Don't just say, I'm not, t- I'm not saying to just accept anything. You want to find a good match. Go to the best fit for you, the best opportunity. Take that, but don't close your mind to schools because they may be a great fit for you. University of Dallas is a great fit for Allie. May not be a good fit for someone else, but it's a good fit for her. They're strong academically. They got a family environment, all of that good stuff. So just make sure you have an open mind because you will miss an opportunity and you'll be at the house playing in the rec league or something. And that's only because you got a closed mind. Receive all your your opportunities because you got to be willing to go. You got to be willing to go far and why if that's what it takes. If you really love the game, that's what you'll do. If you really want an opportunity to play, that's what you'll do. So just uh, keep that in mind for you players out there. Do not have a closed mind about I'm only going to accept blank. A particular school, like you can have the target and if they accept you, fantastic. If you can play there, great. But if not, be open-minded and you never know what opportunities arise after that or you don't know how much of a great fit that's going to be for you. So just keep that in mind. So I'm going to transition to the final thought, which is I kind of just open the floor to Allie and any final opinions, thoughts, feedback about anything that we talked about, that you talked about, Allie, anything that you want to share with the people. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you're a college athlete and you're wanting to go to a college, I would highly suggest a D3. 
Since they cannot offer athletic scholarships, they don't own your life. And you can focus your attention on academics. And you probably will have a chance to see the floor a little bit more than you would in D2 if you're an underclassman. And also, I mean, got to represent D3s. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Also, for... um. If you're wanting to be a college athlete, don't ever be discouraged. Like I've gotten roughly like 58 emails saying, "Hey, we already have a roster full." You know what? That was fine because I have 58 more emails I need to send. Nice, nice. So hang in there for those of you that, especially if you're like you know a late starter like Ali was. If if, if you're smart, you're gonna listen to the Ally going back in time. And if you were eighth, ninth, tenth grader, you get on the ball today, right now, this second. And start working on your skills, start reaching out to coaches, whatever it is you're gonna do. Uh put together a plan, start doing your videos, get the film together, um, do all of that, uh, and listen to what Ali's saying. But if you're a junior now, definitely listen to everything she did because that's that's your way. That's your way in. So you wanna follow her blueprint. That's why this is called an inside interview. Follow her insight and save yourself some time and some heartache. And, and I also like the way that 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 she mentioned uh, about when she talked about the D three academic D threes pound for pound are better. They are academically stronger than many Division one schools. Like when you're talking about D one, two, three, that only has to do with the athletics element of it. But it has nothing with the academic. Part these D three schools are like really good, really good academically, and you know I appreciate her honesty in terms they don't own your life because sometimes D one it gets you know they, they'll give you cortisone shots and everything to make sure you keep going you know um, and some D one but it's a, like it got to be like super competitive ones where they're like school is secondary. I I saw a documentary recently. I won't say the player's name, but I saw a documentary recently and they they were it was documenting them in high school and then now they're in college and I looked at the guy's major and it was like it was not dual major in physics and engineering. It definitely was not that. It was like intermediate studies or some crazy general studies type thing. And that's because it was a very competitive uh Division one basketball program where academics are like, we'll tell you we want a graduation rate, but they're not really worried about that. Whereas the D3, they, they might push academics and say, hey, prepare for when you're no longer playing basketball. And also as a caveat, D3 schools will figure out a way to get money for you. It just can't be labeled as an athletic scholarship, but that's something for another video I, I can do. But just understand that it's about the right fit. That's it. Don't worry about the level. You know, just worry about the best fit. Allie found a great fit. She was fortunate. And um, something else I wanted to ask you uh, about when you say the opportunity to play early, was that important to you? Yeah. Yeah. It was. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Just that's a part of the decision-making process that all of you need to consider when you're thinking about a college. If playing time, not playing time, because everybody wants playing time, but to have the opportunity to play as a freshman in comparison to 
well, you can probably get some burn on the floor your junior year. Like, that means two years you're just not getting a lot of playing time when the lights are on in the games. If that means something to you, go to a different school. If that's one of your big ticket items. She went from too far away. Okay, she didn't go to New Orleans. She went to Dallas instead. But if she didn't have Dallas, she didn't went to New Orleans. But the idea is that she weighed her options, and that's what you have to do. I want to thank Allie for doing this, and I want all of you to have continued success when you're out there. Take these gems that, that Allie shared, that I shared, and use them. Get to work, and continue success to you and your basketball dreams. See you next time. There you have it. An example of how you can start really late and still get an opportunity to play college ball. Allie did it, and so can you. Time is ticking, but it's not too late. Get to work on achieving your goal. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Player's Court. Use what you took from the episode to help you get just that much closer to achieving your dream. Take an action today on something that stood out to you. Until next time, future superstar.